Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham, here to share with us possibly some good news for the Republicans. Can it be true? Is editor of the Weekly Standard, Bill Crystal. Bill, you just gave a speech up in my town, Boston. How'd that go? I went fine. It was on a very nice little island in Boston Harbor, which I think Michael Dukakis cleaned up or didn't clean up. I can't remember <laughs> 25 years ago. Wasn't that an object of contention? Uh, the Republican National Committee was meeting there. Three, um, the, the state, the, the, the uh, chairman, and then the committee men and women from from each state. So about 170 people, and, uh, and then RNC staff. And you know what struck me? I mean, I don't think my remarks were fine, but I, I what struck me was that they were upbeat. They were cheerful. They were happy that Ryan's Priebus, the Republican chairman, was fighting the TV networks a little bit, and the excuse for fighting them was a little silly, maybe that they're going to do favorable, you know, biopics about Hillary Clinton. But nonetheless, um, I think just the notion of a Republican Party that fights was sort of uh, a little inspiring to these to these uh, Republicans from around the country. They were enthusiastic about the possible 2016 candidates, thought the prospects of 2014 were fine. Such a contrast. You pick up the mainstream media as Republicans in total disarray, depressed, Republican establishment of elites are just can't believe how bad things are going to be. That's not what these people from around the country thought. Uh, but we do know that Republicans like to fight, Bill. We see them fighting each other all the time. And if you watch, you know, MSNBC or read Politico, it's all about uh, how the Ted Cruz Rand Paul wing of the party is going to destroy the Chris Christie, uh, whatever, you know, wing of the party, and that that's the entire fight. Yeah, I mean, actually, Priebus addressed this in his remarks. I wasn't there for that, but I heard about them afterwards, and I also talked about this. I thought um, Priebus's formulation, at least he said this to me, I think he said this in his remarks, is what would be better to have a party with a lot of vigorous debates, which sometimes do degenerate into real brawls, real fights, and some bitterness, or a party that was totally complacent, uh, quiet, self-satisfied, thought it had the right answers on all these policy issues and all these political judgment calls, and was just kind of chugging along the party of John McCain and Mitt Romney and and uh, Mitch McConnell. And I mean, that's ridiculous. You know, just to say it is to make clear that the alternative that the, main, the mainstream media makes it seem like it's a weakness to have intelligent, articulate young senators and governors quarreling. Would you prefer to have a party without? Chris Christie, Ted Cruz, Rand Paul, Marco Rubio, or a party with them? I think it almost answers itself, doesn't it? I mean, would you prefer to have a lot of, you know, 68-year-old time servers there um, as opposed to these guys in their 40s and, I guess, almost all those I've mentioned during their 40s, right, you know, who really have care about issues and have a vision for the party? And, of course, that leads to fighting. One point I made in my speech is I think the time when there was the most fighting in the party was probably 77 to 80 when the Reaganites went at against the Gerald Ford supporters, pro and anti Kissinger wings, pro life, pro choice, supply side economics took on the entire Republican economic establishment. That ended up pretty well in 1980. Doesn't mean that all fights are good. Doesn't mean that they can't get out of hand. Doesn't mean that you know some of them need to be brokered and and people need to be reasonable. I, like in healthcare, I think there's a kind of middle ground between. Uh, you know, blowing everything up if you don't get full defunding on the one hand and doing nothing on the other. And we've tried to argue that, and we've discussed that before, you know, the the, the notion of delaying key parts of Obamacare. So, that, but, but again, if you don't have the energy in the first place, if you don't have the stimulus from some of the more uh, militant, younger senators, governors, congressmen, activists, I don't think you go anywhere. 
Uh, I will say that in New England, where the Republican Party is essentially moribund, and I'll be honest, I was surprised they had their meeting here until I found out that the reason they chose to come here was in response to the Boston Marathon bombings. I wanted to show some support, bring a little bit of money to Boston. So that was greatly appreciated once that message got out. But uh, there's a door opening for young New England voters, thanks to Rand Paul and the libertarian branch of the party. And I know that I don't think anyone would confuse Bill Kristol with a libertarian-leaning Republican, but that is a great opening that didn't exist two, four, six years ago. And suddenly, younger people are going, you know, I could theoretically vote for a Republican. There were a couple of young National Committee men, actually, uh, members of the Republican National Committee at the meeting, and they came out to me and said, well, Mr. Crystal, you know, you're not going to like this, but I'm, you know, we're we're, we're sort of Rand Paul followers. We threaten your hold on the party. And I said, (laughs) I was really being honest. Yeah, what hold? Yeah, like, I'm really, I'm there pulling all the strings. The Romney campaign, they listen to me all the time. But... um, I said, honestly, I'm glad you're here. You know, I, I, I mean, I don't, I, I'm going to argue against some of your policies and, uh, you know, threatening anything. Let's have a discussion and a debate and, and let's, you know, also be a little more specific. I think in the case of the Rand Paul people, it's one thing to say, you know, let's pull back from being overextended. It's another thing to say, well, what exactly would you do in these different tough choices that you face when you govern? But, but look, I, I very much agree with what you said. I, I think the, you know, 90% at least of the activism is healthy and you, you can't really get the other the other 10% just comes along for the ride. You can't sort of magically have a party where there's a huge amount of energy, activism, excitement, and ideas, and, and you love every single one of them. That's not how the way the world right. works. And the, the trade-off is basically a lot of activism, energy, excitement, and ideas on the one hand, or dormant, uh, self-satisfied, complacent, um, you know, next-in-line type party on the other. I got a pretty big response, I would say, in my speech when I said, enough with nominating the next in line, the person who's next in line. And I really do think, uh, I think this, this, the Republicans will have the younger candidate in 2016. Republicans will be the, obviously the party of change and reform in 2016. I think just that will be a, a, a you know, a nice, a nice contrast. I, I'm so happy to hear you say that. It's been a mantra of mine for years that since 1992, the appropriate choice was made and we've lost every single popular vote from 1992 on, with the exception of uh, 2004, with uh, Bush as the incumbent, uh, but I, when he ran against an older, more establishment Democratic uh, exactly. senator, I think it's, your point. The system yeah. wasn't working, and to have people keep telling me, but you have that we need to be more establishment, more me, you know, more acceptable to the media. But I want to I want to flip away to from the conversation Republicans having about other Republicans. One of the frustrations I hear from my talk radio listeners and from my web followers, etc is that almost every day, why aren't the Republicans sticking it to the Democrats over X? And you can just put in anything from the Benghazi IRS corruption slash incompetence issues to the broader economy, joblessness, kids going off to college genuinely in fear that they're about to ruin their lives with debt they can't pay back because there won't be a job waiting for them in four, five, or six years. Why don't the Republicans seem, are they talking about the failures of policy and, and we're just not hearing it out here? Or do the Republicans, are they missing an opportunity to get on the loudspeaker and say, notice your president, he's not getting the job done? I think some of both. Like they are trying to talk, but obviously when you've got a bunch of congressmen and senators, it's not the same as having the White House in terms of focusing a message. I also do think to get a hearing ultimately to take the example you just took, I mean, it can't just be, hey, kids don't have jobs in five, six years, they have all the student debt, 
the obvious next question of any voter is, well, what are you going to do about it? And I do think the Republicans, they don't deserve all the criticism they've gotten. They've, they've, they've got uh, suggestions and ideas and policy proposals and legislative proposals in some of these areas, but they haven't done enough, I think, to advance the positive agenda. They shied away in 2012. Romney didn't want to, he thought he could win by making the election a referendum, not a choice. So he shied away from uh, being very specific in a lot of different policy areas. Uh, the Congress, they've been busy with some other things in, in the House. They don't control the Senate. But even if you don't control a body, or even if you're not going to pass most, and almost any of this stuff with, with Obama as president and Harry Reid running the Senate, it would make a difference, I think, if the House were right now, and I'm just making this up off the top of my head, but marking up the, a student loan and college you know, cost bill that really addressed some of the underlying reasons why college costs are skyrocketing, which includes the way the federal programs are set up. Uh, and, you know, if, even if, if, if some if chairman were holding hearings on it, even if the Republicans didn't all agree on it, I think activity in Congress by Republicans, positive activity, as well as obviously uh, criticizing and, and calling uh, into account the administration's failures, I, I think that would make a pretty big difference. And so there I think there has been a bit of a, um, a falling down on the job. But I think they sort of understand that. I think we'll see a little more of that over the next year. Bill Crystal, thanks for your time, and thank you for coming to Boston and letting me off the hook. Somehow I didn't have to buy you dinner and drinks, so that was great for me, and I appreciate next that. Next time. Next time <laughs> we'll go to a place with a stature that someone like you would expect to take a, a, a visitor like me. I, I know the perfect place. We go through the drive-thru. You can get an ice cream for 99 cents. It's a great, great deal. He's Bill Crystal here as part of our Weekly Standard podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.